0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of The Record Report. I am your co-host, Vance B.
1: My name is Ahmad.
0: And this week, we got the homie, Nikki, in the building. Go ahead and say hi, Nikki, for everybody.
2: Hey, everybody. Glad i be on here.
0: And this week, we are reviewing Busta Rhymes' Extinction Level Event. The first one, not the second one.
3: Yeah, as a shorty playing in the front yard of the crib. fell down and I bumped my head. Somebody helped me up and asked me if I bumped my head. I said, yeah, so then they said, oh, so that means you're going to switch it on them. I said, yeah, flip mode, flip mode is the greatest. You know, and as a shorty, I was always told that if I ain't going to be part of the greatest, I got to be the greatest myself. What? What a surprise! Give yourself make a your nigga close over your eyes? All my niggas getting money capitalized. Die little small guy, we on the rise. Everything a nigga touch platinumized, full of your equipment. You know we coming all on supplies. Got a big gun and I'ma show you the size. You fuck with any of my flip mode family ties. Me and my niggas be coming through stalking you out, killing off any and everything you're talking about. See you in the club, now we walking you out. Should've thought twice before you when and open your mouth. Yo, anyway we stay keeping it moving, fucking with the wrong nigga. Hope you know what you're doing. Now blame me, all the same niggas is lame. It's not a game, nigga. Name still put in your brain. I think is that enough?
4: Give me some more.
3: No squad, oh. yeah, there ain't nothing in the world. Yeah, bust a rhyme, got another killer. Yeah, niggas be gambling, I'm playing C low. What? We be getting money at casinos, money. Gambling my money like Gambinos. Uh. Scarface, loot like Al yeah. Now my pockets got muscles like Lou Ferrigno. Cop the hot shit, big up my nigga, Primo. Hey, son. Stack Luke with my nigga, Dino and Nino, Julio. Fliff yeah. and my other nigga, Chico. Yeah. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Give me five. Cop from 10 all the way back to zero. Oh. Set it off, rep right from here to Puerto Rico. running the bitches mixed with black and Filipino. Ooh, tricking the hide on the Nico. Burr. Cop the round trip to Santo Domingo. Yeah. My nigga spliff, criminal like Max Remo. Yeah. Thug, think he live, then show me your hero. It
0: released in 1998, it was mm-hmm. made by hella, hella legendary producers, and it was also featured by many people including Janet Jackson, Mystical, Ozzy Osbourne, and the Flip Moe Squad. Um, Nikki, how did you feel about this album?
2: Okay, so um, you had a lot of Hype Williams videos, okay? So that was, that's what was pushing most of this. And the visuals of a Buster Rhymes video was always fun, so I would always wait for the video to come out and just kind of be in awe like that. So, uh, you know, the whole Flip Mode Squad and the weirdness that kind of goes with it, kind of like um, abstract. Uh, I really want to feel like, um, give me some more, yeah, give me some more or give me some more was like one of my faves, primarily because it was just all colorful. The beat, there was that baseline, ding ding ding. Ding, ding, you know, just keeps going back and back. I'm big on dance music. So like I was going through buses recent and listening to, you know, just kind of hearing like the familiarities or whatever and the samples. And the stuff that really hit me were the things that I was always going to dance to any old way. Uh, so yeah, you had that. There was like a little Afrofuturism when he did that, that piece with Janet Jackson with the gels and stuff moving around. And I know that speaks more to the video than to the song. But that kind of ushered how you felt about the song too. So that's a lot of how I um, was embracing like all of Busta's music, and I'm not gonna lie, I can go all the way back to like him with A Tribe Called Quest and Scenario. Color, movement, very abstract. You know, the little gremlin guy running around Gimme Samoa Alone is like the, the like nightmare fuel, but also hilariously funny to look at too. Like a blue leprechaun or something like that. So it was always like Buster is a performer. And I was looking forward to that when I, when I like listened to this come out.
0: You have a lot of really good things that we're going to talk about. You just said a lot of really good things that we're going to talk about as we continue on. Mm-hmm. But Before we do that, um, Ahmad, what do you, you think about this album while you're listening to it this week?
1: Oh, man, it made me appreciate the creativeness of Buster Roms. Um, and when you listen to other other albums from that um, early, that late 90s, 96, 97, 98, even to the 2000s, it is very different than everything else that everybody else was putting out. I mean, sonically, uh, lyrically. The way that he was always using different and very inventive and innovative flows on every song it's kind of as if he brought like his own like bob to every song like his own intentionality to be different on every song but it still will fit into the overall cohesion of the album. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun to just like go back and watch some of the videos kind of like Nikki was saying and relive some of the creativity mm-hmm. and honestly thinking about like how he just had an album release and how it wasn't as impactful as it was 20, 30 years ago, but it still had an impact. It still resonated with a lot of people. And it's amazing to see that 30 years later, Busta Rhymes still has a presence in hip hop as an elder, as an icon. And um, I'm at, I had a lot of fun going back visiting this album.
0: Yeah. One um, thing that you can see is that he has like a lot of consistency, like, when it comes to both his career as well as his album, um, I think as we continue, we're going to talk about that. Um, I wanted to put my John last because I had a personal kind of connection to uh, a lot of the singles from this album, but not necessarily the album itself. Um, one of the reasons why I chose this was just due to the fact that like the visuals were already crazy. Um, mm-hmm. but when I actually took the time to go back to you know, the album that kind of had some of, some of it, I'm not going to say most of his biggest hits, but some of his biggest hits in his, you know, his earlier solo career, Um, you could kind of see how he was kind of manifesting himself into, you know, one of, you know, rap's premier artists at the time. Um, And you could kind of see how that carried on into the 2000s. But this was kind of like the album that really took it to another level, especially with the hits that you know it had which is why i chose this album and then also i knew nikki really banged with buster and also she was uh you went to you were in high school but you also went or you know went to college this around was my time, entire
2: right? college time right here okay i was telling Ahmad this earlier before we started recording is that when you look at that block of like you know what's my first love my second love and it was always like the one the 97 through 2000 which is Frankly, my entire college time. So you had uh, Disaster Strikes in 97, right? With all the heavy bass lines on it. And then you went to, um, you know, straight into this one in 98. And then you had Genesis with the whole Pasta Cavazier in it and Break Your Neck. So that's my entire college career. And then when I, um, you know, went online and pledged and, um, you know, Cross for Delta, Pasta Cavazier was actually part of my process. So <laughs> these are songs that were stuck with me. And I even have like a really corny, yeah, it sits with me story about um, break, no, not breaking neck, um, about um, give me some more. Mm-hmm. When I was teaching about three years ago over in um Chevrolet with the STEM kids. I remember, okay. yeah. Well, I'm uh, not allowed
0: to tell you the story. Yeah, hold it, hold it, hold it for now. Hold it for now. Okay. We gotta get into the songs. But with that being said, give yeah. us your first song because is it gonna
2: be Give Me Some More? <laughs> it probably is. Um, yeah, it definitely is. Just give me some more. Yeah. Oh, even though
3: we get money, you can give me some more. Calls in the big crib, give me some more. Everybody's red love. Give me some more. If you want to let me hear you say it, give, give me some, some more. Yo, yeah. Live nigga shit. Know what I mean? I represent why we're getting money and reign supreme. Hope your niggas don't be coming through full steam. Can't see me better turn on your high beam. Hold my niggas while I'm ringing the siren. Flip balls with you with niggas on my team. Never should you ever try to fuck with my cream. I OD, when my shit get all in your bloodstream. Every time we be ripping and be blowing it down, blowing you all fucking with the hottest niggas around. Rockets from me and my people, run through your town, holding it down, thinking the wild nigga gave me my crown. Hey, yeah. All my people need to come and surround. A nigga be hitting so much, i make you fall on the
2: ground. And it's just that, din, 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 like that, that repeating, um, you know, that bass going, there's just something about it. And then, of course, the visuals that came along with it were just so, like, trippy. And you didn't have to be high or on something to really just be sitting there, like, cracking up, like, they're dumb with this. This is crazy. And um, again, I'm a big fan of the little goblin liprechaun thing that he has running around the whole video chasing the lady with the big old outfit on. So my awkward yet funny story about this is like when I finally felt old for the first time in a long time was uh, my students. I taught um, adorable tweens and teens at a STEM program. And you know how Give Me Some starts with that little like that violin going like it's like a creepy music It's very ee, yeah, so absolutely. it was the lunch period and I'm walking through the hallway and I'm hearing dee, 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 dee. I'm like, okay, this is creepy. And i peek in one of the rooms and my students are sitting in there, you know, they are like geeking out to this. Like they're listening to give me some more. It's a Busta. This is three years ago. They were a good 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So I'm like, looking at them. Like, okay. Um, what do y'all know about Busta? Like, male flip most the greatest i'm like i'm done i'm done i'm done with these kids right now
1: no way <laughs> no way
2: but they followed it up with one little girl said yeah this is a total classic i'm like oh god <laughs> <laughs> i was like on one hand i'm so proud of you <laughs> She, when she said flip most the greatest I'm like this little oh my God. <laughs> cause I felt like I was already in the video walking in the hallway and you just hear this really creepy violin strings going and you're like mm. okay what's, what's going on in here but yeah, I'm like, is Mayo, the greatest. I'm like, oh, they're so cute. Oh. <laughs> Proud teacher moment. But then instead oh, of oh, the boy. classic, I was like dagger straight through my heart. Oh my God. So that's my my funny gimme some love song, um, you know, story. I love a lot of them, but that one was just my fave. That was the head bobber that was the, you know, you at the party. For me, I was an undergrad, I was an undergrad. So you're at the party, and it's like, you go from just being like slow to it and just everybody's just doing a straight-up onyx, running into everybody, jumping into each other, just, I don't know, mosh pit black style thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Ahmad, what you got for That this?
1: sounds so much fun. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was. Like it was so much fun. It's
2: like a hot, sweaty party. Just everybody's just like, you know, dun, 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 dun. like you go low and just get high and just hype. And after a while, like, you know, you have like you know bruises and stuff. I'm like, where did this come from? I'm like, what did I do? What happened?
1: <laughs> 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 to be that means 20, you had a good time. <laughs> to be young when Busta Rhymes released, that was probably a great time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I like anybody else with an ear and brains. I love this song. Um, not even just the like. It's so crazy when you see a Busta Rhymes video that when you hear a song, you can kind of visualize the video, right? Mm-hmm. and um i know that put through, like a lot of videos for a lot of people but i felt like he always did his best work with buster i don't know what it was like um dangerous uh put your hands on my eyes could see yeah um, he was always like like every time he would come out even like back before i don't, I don't think hype did Wuha, but even Wuha was a dope visual mm-hmm. so i always felt like buster was able to like even with his his probably why his singles like cut through and resonated so much is because once you see it, you kinda like mesmerized by it. So when you hear the song, like I haven't saw the video in a while. When I listened to the song, I still remember the little green person running <laughs> around. <laughs> I remember them being close like the remember like the the uh the puffy in the camera visual, but he didn't yeah. do it that way. He did yeah. it, like like it was a scene. He had the big fake money clip. Yeah. Um it was just really crazy and really like, and they just they different from everybody else. And that was kind of like symbiotic of what Buster has done with his music over the years. And it was always like different, and um, I'll always appreciate it. Um, and I think it was a great single, probably for him. I wasn't around to enjoy as much as I probably wanted to because I was only eight years old. But uh, looking back on it, like just the song, like it was nothing. Of substance that stood out in the verse that made me like sit down and resonate and want to change my life but i do think it's perfectly good for buster one thing that did really stick out to me though was um the fact that he used dj scratch who he used a lot in his previous albums and i feel like songs like this kind of show that there was a good chemistry with scratch so even though even as buster has progressed throughout his career and he had more of a a soul esque uh, approach to music prop. It was still energy, but he still had like, um, you know, a lot of Jay Dilla beats on his first two albums. Some some Q-Tip beats on his first two albums. This was this album was more so of him stepping out and kind of embracing the sound of New York that was kind of changing him a little bit. He had Swiss beats more on here. He had knots on here a little bit more. It was coming. It was a little bit not saying that he was giving us common raps on the first two albums, but the sound was like a. Uh, Busta Rhymes' version of like the Soul Quarians from the, uh, from the early, early 96, 97 time. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to see him do that distinction and change, but still keep it in Buster's pocket. Mm-hmm.
0: One thing I like about Give Me Some More is that it kind of showcased how like he was able to adapt to hardcore in some ways. Like I know one thing that we've all said with the, with the visuals, especially the video for "Give Me Some More," is you know that 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 blue gnome, that small creature that's chasing the lady. Oh, it was a gnome. <laughs> it was a gnome. To, I uh, don't know what it was. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> it, whatever it, it was, just, <laughs> it just it was just diesel, and then it had creepy ass eyes, and it was like, what the fuck is this?
2: <laughs> it was nightmare fuel, but funny at the same time.
0: <laughs> yes, and I could definitely remember that monster because I remember watching it on the box. When I was a kid, i wow. just seeing that shit. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Just seeing that shit. And mind you, like, when I'm watching a box at my cousin's house, it's just me. Like, my sisters are playing with my cousin. It's just me watching that shit. So just imagine me sitting in this dark-ass living room. Watching, watching... this gremlin go
2: across the screen.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what, coming back to listening to this song now, it makes sense with this album, because the the album itself had it doesn't try to be hardcore, but you can see the underlying theme is pretty terrifying, especially with the, the beginning of this uh the entire album when that the father talks about what's gonna happen and we only have one more year, and then it kind of just leads to like literally this new sound that Busta is embracing, but just seeing how this album was crafted and how Give Me Some More was one of the big singles to put it out. Not only was it able to show the new sound that Busta was working with, the lyrics that he was able to kind of supply, even though Give Me Some More was more of like the song to get, you know, get people like riled up. Like you can also see that like he was embracing another side of hip hop, like Amad said, and, and, and kind of doing his own thing with it. I also believe that he was much more experimental with visuals and videos and shit compared to many other rappers at the time but that's just me because i don't know
2: (laughs) no he was i'm sitting here watching a loop of busted videos on youtube while we talk just to kind of like you know get some in case i forgot something and no um here's the thing about hype volumes videos like fine hype Williams. this is not is synonymous with the early 2000s so whenever you see the fisheye lens look that bubbly look where people going in and out of the camera like that screams hype volumes right so think about Missy Elliott, I Can't Stand the Rain, Busta, mm. like the the artists that were really just having fun with the videos and they were kind of reminiscent of, I'm I'm going to put this out here, um, Michael Jackson's Remember the Time, you know, the idea of let's tell a whole story with a video, you got three minutes to tell a whole story, you know, Remember the Time was a little bit longer, you know, yes. but <laughs> the visuals, <laughs> the visuals are on point, and I'm like, I often wonder, like, was it the creative director, was it the Hype Williams directing, directing it himself, or was it the artist? And when you think about a um, a Timberland, a Missy Elliott, and of course Busta, these are artists that are known for not being the status quo. Because around the early 2000s, you also had, you know, the New York heads were all doing a lot of the. You had the locks. You had um, you know, the conscious rappers, like Most Def before he became, oh, what's his new name? I forgot.
1: Yasin Bey. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yassine you know, you had you had the conscious rappers and you had the, like, uh, bad boy, you know, clicking bottles and stuff like that. But these were fun videos. They were colorful. They were playful. And I kind of felt like it was like, if you want to say the whole Black Boy Joy thing, even though he's a grown man, you know, it really gave black man a space to just be creative and hilariously funny while also you know being that dude so no um not everybody was doing that some people were so busy trying to keep it keep it gully keep it new york they would never have fun buster had fun and for a person who is from maryland and with a school in upstate new york with a bunch of new yorkers i look forward to the buster songs coming on primarily because you had to dance Otherwise, these fools would literally stand around with heavy coats on and expect you to do dancing for them. And this is not what we are do for <laughs> So with the Busta song, you got that bass, dun, 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 dun. if you're not getting this damn Onyx want to be scrum with me and, you know, like getting in there and, you know, really doing it, then no, we're not going to be up here, you know, booty shaking on you either. It's like, you, there's got to be a, 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 a like a pragmatic relationship here. So I love that these artists, the Missies, the um, Bustas, twist uh anything that Timberland touched. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that like even Ellie Furtado, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, there. Yeah. A couple, my a question years.
1: is my this that brings up a question for me because you know, I was eight so I wasn't able to have the fun stuff. Um, How did people receive busted Videos? Was it like an overwhelming love of like, oh my God, that's crazy, those people was like, man, that's wet. Like, what was the, what would you say was like 50-50? Was it a majority And the, that's dope? Like, how did they accept it? Everybody
2: was loving it. I mean, I thought that that was kind of like, looking back at it now, It had. I felt like that was very um, impressive that everyone loved it. Because again, I went to school with a bunch of New York City people. They were very into the whole, it had to be straight, it had to be gritty, it had to be the city. And it's like, frankly, I can't dance to that. So when the videos would come on, right? Um, funny you mentioned the box. So imagine being in your cafeteria of choice in college. Like that was an activity. Like everyone met at a certain time in the cafeteria so that we could all like pretty much watch the damn videos and talk at the same time. And you were waiting for your favorite videos to come on. And there's no way you could turn away from a Busta video. Busta or destiny's child again color lots of color going on there it works wow thank you mm-hmm. that is,
0: that's a good point all right well that whew. that's that's a that's just the start to this whole album i'm kind of excited all right so well, that was Am- my
2: fave though i was you said we get like three so that was my fave mm-hmm. there's other mm-hmm. ones in there okay but, all right. okay
0: all right um ahmad what is your second what well what is your first what is your first choice
1: so I try to stay away from the singles only because I'll be trying to find like those gems in the middle. Um, so I'm happy that some other, someone else has picked the single because now I don't feel guilty for not picking, give me some more because it was on my list. So, uh, but my, my absolute favorite is, this is a crazy title, is they wilding with us and yes! getting rowdy with us? <laughs> Featuring mystical. Oh. And um, I'm normally not a fan of super fast rap because I have no idea what they're saying. Um, but this is in 98, and this is the same year. But Mystical had an amazing um, feature on um, the artist. His name is Mac in No Limit. He was one of the people who they used his, one of the first artists who they used his actual lyrics in Louisiana to charge them with a crime. He has a verse on his also on his album, which is also phenomenal. It's real, it's real, to feel I said I'm sick and tired of telling these niggas I'm not that nigga to play with. They thinking that they can tell me whatever they
3: won't, I ain't gonna say shit. I guess I'm supposed to be letting you call me bitches and holes to my face. Just think that you let your fuck over make no you didn't go by my way. Cut it out. Stop that, let you got that feel. now nah, However, whatever, whatever you're ready. I'm that nigga. You say, I'm I'm not you 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 and
1: Um, and it's crazy. And I listen to this, I'm like, man, how did he have two crazy verses of ninety-eight before he really like grew up? Um, so it was dope to see mystical in that way. And also, Buster was known for fast rapping. But this was one of his first songs that people were like, oh, wow, this is the fastest they heard him rap before. So it was really dope to see him compete with someone who was considered one of the fastest rappers out. Um, and I think he got a song with Twista later on, where he also did a rap a rap fast off. Um, there's nothing uh, lyrically standing out to me on this song. It, I was not, again, not like the previous song. Like I wasn't uh, changed by the bars. I was not like oh, I mean, I need to reflect on my life and read some type of Coach. quotes. This is more so like, um, it was a lot of fun. And I think that was cool that Busta is able to have fun in his lyrics. It was honestly like him and uh, Mystical trying to pack as much bars in the 16 bar verse as much as possible in many rhymes. Um, and it got me excited, it gives you energy. It's a lot of fun. And I just had, I was just, I just enjoyed listening to the song and seeing the two of them go back and forth. I did not even know, I for, completely forgot they did a song together, so listen to this again. we was just like, "Oh my god, is that mystical?" Um, and it was a lot of fun. I, I really, really, really enjoyed
0: this song, Miss Mayo. What you think about this song?
2: Okay, I like all things, as you know, New Orleans, and but um, still, it, it wasn't one of my favorites. Sorry, it was not. <laughs> it was not. I, I do. I, um, you know, Mister Cut, Mister Cal is a little um, problematic at times. One hundred percent. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like very problematic. I'm a it's little nice. embarrassed. Um, I mean, Vance was at my birthday party. You saw how we totally yes. acted hot mess, stupid, yes. off of some, you know, shake it fast, watch yourself. And I, um, <laughs> this is my childhood. <laughs> I make no complaint, no corn about it. Okay. But um, but he's so problematic. No, I, I did not really care for the song. I'm sorry. I really did not like it, but Again, I'm still a Busta fan, but...
0: yeah, Yeah. Thank you for
1: your honesty. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to follow up with that. I'm kind of glad you said that shit because this song was, I wanted to like it, but I couldn't like it because Mm -hmm. Mystical fucked up so badly with his career. Like, he was on a good run for a second, too, until he hit that... Until he hit... Oh, God. Until he did what he did. And ever since then, like, it's just been kind of on the shits with him you know what I'm saying even when he mm-hmm. he, re, he made a return in the 2010s it really wasn't that big and he kind of just faded to obscurity again he's probably still making music now but we're not going to take him seriously like we did in 20 you know in 2000s in the 2000s and the, and especially the early uh, the late 90s just mainly due to the fact of what he's done and the culture that we live in now that hold people accountable for those things and continue to hold count, uh, accountability now. So when it comes to this song, I really like this song, but it's hard for me to really support it and support how dope Mystical is when you know what his success has yeah, sure. done to him and what that, that success has done to other people
2: around him.
0: And I can't fuck with that. But like I said, I'm really good. I'm really glad you called that out. I'm really Yeah, I
2: mean we have to preface the whole time frame that we're looking at as being Yeah. Is problematic, uh, okay? Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of your faves were very rapy. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, and I mean, we struggle with it, too, because you're just like, but I like the beat. Like, yeah. I'm literally sitting up here, like, don't let, like, the, you know, the violins from, you know, back that ass up come out here. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. up there, like, within two seconds, right? Yeah. But then you have, like, lyrics where you're just like, ooh, okay. You're talking about yeah. so, like, that's <laughs> not cool.
1: Yeah. absolutely and that's actually one of the things i actually enjoy about having these conversations it's like i remember we listening to uh G by snoop and mm. he had a song on there that was like bro it, it completely ruined the album and i'm like mm. it's crazy how and that was what 14 years ago how just 14 years ago what was acceptable in music uh in society in general has changed because that the song that i'm referencing if that came out today it would be uh, it would it, it wouldn't come out today it was so bad and so it was i'm happy we can like go back and say like mr was cool a shitty person
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we've evolved, uh as a people we've evolved and a lot of the people think about it, like um okay let's say i'm like 19 and 99 right
4: mm-hmm.
2: 20 in 2000 so i'm 40 now these are the people who are like you know, their parents. So we have a chance to kind of change it with whoever we, um, we raise. They don't mm-hmm. have to be raised to believe that a woman's body is up for grabs no matter, you know, what she's wearing or whatever. Uh, there's a chance to change a lot of this, but it was very frustrating. Hell, it's, it's still frustrating, frankly, when you're trying to just, you know, be free, you know, there's a whole sex positivity right now. But Mm-mm. before it's like, if you want to be, you know, that person and just embrace, you know, being happy and fluid with your sex and everything. Um, no, you were automatically a whore, a hoe, a slut, a harlot, everything. You know, like that's just, there yeah. was no, there was no middle ground. You were just a whore. And that sucks because like, okay, the whole video vixens were really huge in the early 2000s. And even with that, it became an interesting conversation about like, well, who gets to be a vixen? Remember mm-hmm. the Melissa Ford days? Yeah, I remember. Buffy the body and all that stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay, so, you know, these are gorgeous women, great bodies. But then, for some reason, they're automatically a whore just because Corinne Stevens writes a book.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember. She
2: wrote a book and told everybody what she did. Everybody else is sitting here like they got great bodies and they're, in, they're enjoying dancing. What's wrong with that? And that's... But, that... Go ahead. But I'm just saying, but the men surrounding that, the respectability politics and all that the crap that goes around that, it's kind of like, it took a lot of the fun away from women because you couldn't have fun and be you know, sexually just open and saying, you know, I like my body. I like my tits and my ass without somebody calling you a whore and a hoe. Like, she's a slut, she's a hoe, she's a freak, those type of stuff like that. Um, that was very unfortunate because to be sexy and you look good, you should be able to enjoy that. But that's not what we had back then. Back then, it was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of like, how dare you have tits and ass and I can't touch it. That's really what it was. But mm-hmm. like, if you dare to put on a cute, hot outfit like you going out to um, you know, a night at somebody's homecoming party or whatever, you're, something's wrong with you.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm That's- glad that a lot has changed, but I'm just kind of saddened that you know it, it, it dampened a lot of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because a- keep, keep in mind, I'm like I've made jokes about this a lot. Talking advance, it's like I have um most of the outfits I was rocking, you know, running around to these little Busta songs and hell, Ludacris <laughs> is on my screen now too. Trust it was like wearing a napping with some damn strings on the back of it or something like that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I was out here in like my best damn life. You couldn't tell me shit pleather pants and the little the little um every had the boot cuts on and everything like that like we were having fun and it was all fun until somebody said y'all bitches y'all whores y'all i'm like, like damn you're like no fun at all.
1: you can't like, even enjoy it no more like damn I'm I'm really
2: it it? Like, i was having a good time there are many many nights where i'm like on i was on u street one second next i'm like where are we you know you're having good old fun right You know, you had men that were really berating you for enjoying yourself in their absence. And it's like, okay, come on, you know. Uh, I Uh, love the evolution that has happened right now. Um, I will say for Busta, and I didn't meet him once, by the way, that uh, it's really dope that I never found myself offended by any of his music or lyrics. Uh, Like, I can't point to anything there. I was like, ooh, yeah. yeah." Like, you'd have to go digging and tell me, like, what about this lyric? Otherwise, I'm like, I, I heard, slamming beats feel good the visuals were dope because when you're in a, in a nightclub up on those uh, monitors and stuff and they're like mixing and it mixes through and like it was always like a whole experience and i've never popped a pill at a club and i've always felt like i was in a euphoric state just because you were in this place where you were dancing mm-hmm. the vibe was right sweat was everywhere on the walls on you everything and just having a good old time yeah, yeah my hair was one thing out.
1: <laughs> yeah. one thing that he said in a recent uh interview um mm-hmm. which was like i've it, it never clicked for me until he said it he was like you know both my parents immigrated immigrated from jamaica and i grew up listening to uh dance hall and seeing like the the, the dance hall battles and he would always see like how they perform and kind of the theatrics, they will bring to their performances and the energy. And he said that always um, inspired him and tried to emulate in some way in a hip hop way. And it's really cool how, um, and you kind of can see it as you look back on his career, whether it's his flow being a little bit fast on some songs and kind of giving that that high that high speed sound. You hear like a Buju Bantu or certain uh, reggae artists. Um, and it kind of like that feel from his energy that he always give it, and persona he always, uh, giving off. So that's one thing that's really cool
2: about Busta. I always wanted yeah. him and Beanie to get together and do something.
1: Beanie sing
2: Yeah. Them? No. No, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, Beanie man. I'm Beanie sorry. Man. I'm way off.
2: <laughs> 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 no, it's okay. I mean, shout out to Philly and everything. But no, um, him and Beanie, just because everybody knows that, um, you know, Busta is very Jamaican. And mm-hmm. it would be just like bomb to hear like the king of the dance hall mixed with something like with a Busta beat. Oh, Didn't be so he try old. to do something? I, mean, I feel like maybe I'm not I know he did a something. clash.
1: He did a clash EP maybe like five, six years ago. I don't know if Beanie's in it, but I know. Like it was, I don't know who heavy his producers
2: rate. are, but Busta stays with a strong beat. Yeah. Like any beat where you are outside of a building and you hear that mess going, like just into Mm-hmm. Like yes, I'm about to get up in that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's been like that for years too. Because I remember when my mom, my mom was in love with one of Buster Rhymes' song. I think it was "Pass of Ocie. yeah,
3: um,
0: or "Make It mm-hmm. Clap." I think it was "Make It Clap." And mm-hmm. like she was, she was, she really liked it. Yeah. But one thing, one thing to follow up with what Miss Mayo said because I think that's very important. Um, so to okay. so what you said earlier about what like people think, y'all still had the power then. You know what I'm saying? It like. I think um, now we're finally recognizing that that the, the future is female, is woman, is women. And, like, at the time, we we were unfortunately – we didn't know those things. And it, and it was shitty because, like, we were – we kind of messed up and, like, we kind of didn't realize the potential at the time because we just saw one thing, you know, like, us cool. as dudes. You know what I'm saying? Because I had – like older men that were dating around the time they were schooling me, and some of the shit they said didn't make sense. Yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, "That don't sound right." I'm not doing that shit. But like, as 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 the future kind of moved on, and now you're starting to see women finally dominate and get the 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 flowers that were that they were deserved for so long. Specifically, black women. I think that that's finally changing. And to match up with this Buster, this whole uh, this this Buster album, Buster was really good at making love songs. And that's one thing I did respect for him. Like, he was able to do this with Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. And then he was able to do uh, Baby Give It to Me with Mariah Carey.
2: That's the one I got on now. Like, the the beats were right. Um, It felt sultry. And let's be straight. Like, you know, when you think about, okay, well, how's the night back when we could go out and hang out with friends and stuff? What's the song that got you, like, to, like, hold somebody and grind up on them or something like that? And that was probably one of them. Like, Busta was good with that. And... He wasn't skimpy on the dark skin chicks in his video either. So,
1: yep, big facts. Yep, I'm big like, facts. Big I had facts. enough
2: reasons to like Bust. I'm like, you know, um, you know, he had a, a variety, but mm-hmm. he had a variety at a time when folks were just on some weird beige thing going on, where if you, they were really on a paper bag tip situation going on here. That's right. Yeah. and um, that's why, like after Melissa Ford and Buffy the Body. I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling to find like a dark skinned video vixen mm. and I used to work at BET so um, the running joke is you know the uncut videos like who made it on the uncut and I'm like okay I ain't gonna lie for, for once I will say that y'all can leave dark skin chicks out of this one Have fun. <laughs> 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 like, like we don't need to be in tip drill nobody needs to like take a credit card down the, you know we're no. good we're good. No. Y'all can y'all can have the light skinned people. Y'all can have that.
1: No. Oh Isn't my god, that's hilarious.
2: It's oh, the truth god. though. It's like that was the one time you're like, you know what? Y'all can leave us out. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all I right. I was
0: so offended, but I couldn't look
2: away. Like I'm blah. like, oh, well, you were yeah, whatever. Working at EEP in the late '90s, early 2000s was hilarious because I had access to the video library all the time. And again, like if I didn't have cable for a long time. The video library, like, I can pick out whatever video I want. I can watch whatever video I want as long as I get my work done. So I'm sitting up there, like, popping in Lloyd Banks and freaking Ghostface Killer and, like, just all these random man's videos that I wish I could have, like, watched on demand. So that was my on demand in 2000 and 2001. Oh, my God, that <laughs> sounds fun. Good. It was fun. I remember Chrisette Michelle came down there looking for her song. She, had a, she did that whole song, Young, Sad, and Blue, I remember. I'm pretty sure that was her. See. If it wasn't her, then there was some other DC. Is Chrisette Michelle from here?
0: I think. I, think I don't know. It's a good question. I she went to college out here.
2: Okay. Like somebody did a song like Young, Sad, and Blue, and she was on Teen Summit. And I thought it was Chrisette Michelle. I might be wrong. I apologize if I'm wrong. But um, it was just interesting to like watch people coming, like, can I see my video? Trying to, like, you know, pop a collar. Like, yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that up now. So uh, yeah. moving on to the next song, I'm going to say. Now you choose, you already chose one of them, all right. So, the next two of them actually. The song I'm going to choose, though, is Everybody Rise. Oh, yeah. damn, I yeah. should have that oh, first. Yeah, that oh that
2: my god, I need like a right? refresher. I'm like, Everybody Rise, how
3: does it go? New York, Jersey, real hard. Then we affect with hard shit that sounds so beautiful. Right now. And find a better time more suitable. To send out a signal and round up all my niggas recruitable. Type of niggas to torture your ass. Stick some shit in your cuticle. Wait a minute. Let me talk to all my niggas at hand. And I'ma hit all of my niggas. Y'all just follow the plan. Just get money and capitalized and hold on your stack. Fuck the if we keep it moving. Ain't no looking back. A lot of lost motherfuckers stuck on what they gon'
0: Second song off of the project. And like I said, the the, the 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 project started out so crazy because like <laughs> it's this little girl asking what, what you know what's gonna happen in the next years to come, and then all of a sudden her dad just lays some dark shit on her the entire time, and it just gets darker every single second that you're listening, and then it gets to the end, and then it gets to busser. And as soon as you get to the end of that intro, all of a sudden you just hear like the beat for Everybody Rise. And I think this was a strong introduction to an album, like just to end it off with that. And also it goes back to what we said before about like like like, like like ear for beats and stuff like that. Like this was a very New York sounding song, but it yes, still it had its own kind of vibe. <laughs> Like for real, it, it just had its own kind of vibe to you know to flip it up. Like I, I just love this song. Like it was I, so I had
2: to go and play it. it. It is very New York. It's very New York. Yes. Of yeah, I wasn't feeling this. Like, I, no, I wasn't feeling it because, again, let me again paint the picture of where I was here. Yeah. I want to dance. I do not want to stand and bob my head every time this... Like, that's literally <laughs> what they would <were> <laughs> do. about like, right. I'm going to preface this with everything that I like is normally because of how you can dance to it, right? So with this one, all I see is, like, the New York head is like, boom, 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 and that's it. I'm like, uh-uh, that's not going to work, sir. It's no, no. So, no, they had a little shout out in the beginning. That's kind of cute. Mm. No. Um, he always sounds like he's, like, yelling at you, too. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: he ah. does. He does. I, I love this song. Um, it's funny you say that because I felt like it was Busta making a New York song, and I felt like he don't have many New York songs at the time. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think he had many. Um, he had a couple like Flip mode, Meet Death Squad songs. This is a song that actually I think felt like New York. And I think that was a switch from his previous three albums, two albums. Um, it felt like what you would have heard on the radio, which kind of Moodle Buster, but probably it wasn't like, it was like a street song. I know I heard this on Freestyles before as a kid. I don't, this is actually the sample that Snoop Dogg reused of Boss's life. That's what I kept remembering, I heard it from, living it with Nate Dogg. Um, I actually love that song as well um, and I think it just it felt like what I would want to hear from a, a 90s New York rapper, um, it was just cre- creative in his own way I love the little City shout out, I've always been a sucker for that and he said Baltimore and we would never get pressed no more so the fact that he said Baltimore made me feel real happy
4: um,
1: and it was, it was right and then he gave us the rise he gave us all of that um, and I don't know Like I really really like that song I love the beat. Um, it's just fun. It's a great opening to get you, like, everybody rise, get excited for the album. This is Busta giving me that busta energy. You know, I'm going to come with the next hour and a half full of music, which is crazy to think about.
2: I feel like if he had a concert, it needs to start with that. Like, yeah. you know, as you're waiting mm-hmm. for somebody to show up on the damn stage. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, like, I can, I can totally feel like people are like, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Beyond that, Look- no. <laughs> like I'm <that's> good, <laughs> I'm good, but no. Beyond, Beyond that, ending. no. <laughs> Beyond that, for me, for me, for me, no. But it, it is a fun song. It's just like okay, I'm just, I'm just so anti. You got to understand, these guys would not even take the coats off. They sit in these heavy <laughs> ass coats. No, think about it. I went and got cute with my little cute, like little, like you know, cheesecloth outfit on and whatever. These fools got on coats. And jerseys, oversized jerseys at that, oversized jeans at that, <laughs> and Jesus. some some Tims. And I'm like, so make it make sense. <laughs> I'm just like, somebody put effort into how they look today and it's not these guys right here. <laughs> and all they want to do is just nod their head, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause I mean, my whole back is exposed to, So it's just kind of like weird, like you not dancing. You not dressed, dressed. In their mind, they were dressed. Bless their hearts. <laughs> but you know, it's like, okay, you got on an oversized jersey and some oversized jeans, and like, I'm just, you know, just to play a sport. They were, they, they were dressed like.
1: They was ready. They was that's ready.
2: It's like, that's apparently club attire. I'm like, okay. Wait,
1: and, wait, and Am I? Would you Zanta go to a club with a jersey? If it's
2: 1998,
1: 1997, absolutely.
2: <laughs> like you know, it was like Nellieville up in that piece. After a while.
4: Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else for everybody, Rise. Like, oh, I gotta also say the ending was also dope. The way that they kind of flipped it and looped mm-hmm. the dun 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 to, to, to kind of end it out. I, I also thought that was dope. And I also thought that like it was the second part of the intro or the or the beginning chapters of the album that was really good because the follow up for that was um where we are about to take it. And that shit was a good follow-up as well. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's good to see like different, per-, per you know, perspectives when it comes to this song, because you do see that like for, you know, many hip hop heads, you know, that shit hits. But then also it doesn't get people dancing in the club, which I can definitely agree with. If I would not play this in the club as a DJ, because it would just be like, all right, this is cool. But nigga, why you playing this? I'm trying to dance.
2: <laughs> Can't dance to that?
0: Nah, nah, nah.
2: Like, no, you cannot. I'll
0: say this it, it really depends. You could play this depending on what type of audience you're around. So, like, if I was to d- DJ at A3C, I would definitely play this. A lot of people know about Busta Rhymes because, you know, they already at A3C because it's more hip hop related. Like, you know, it's kind of like the stomach cramp for hip hop. But I ain't about to play this shit at Layla Lounge. at 12 o'clock in the middle of like the main loop that you're supposed to play all the big hits unless you got something to match up with that especially with the bpm the bpm is very weird so it's like you better find something that could kind of match up with that and it's not it's not it really is a boom 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 like that's all you can
2: keep doing is that the whole time and after a while you're like so (laughs) Um, gonna change anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) this sucks (laughs) i would just like i really um i had my little spot or whatever um during like we had several different venues for parties at college and i i had a rule that i always had to be over the crowd because i'm short and being over the crowd was safe because between like um you know, again, I throw out Onyx because we're coming off the Onyx tip. Onyx was not playing while I was in college. We're coming off of that stuff. But people were still doing that slam, going to tear it up, like that type of jumping and beating each other up in the, in the, in the group thing. So you can imagine at five feet tall, I'm kind of getting lost in the mix on that. So I decided to just let me just take myself out of this situation before I hurt myself because I got hit many times. And then you had the um, obligatory Atomic Dog cue Stroll situation. And again, I was a casualty too many times. So I just learned that maybe the best place for me to take my little princess behind is up, you know, higher so that when people start doing the little pseudo mosh pit thing, I can just watch it. Um, I
1: I can't imagine hearing Slam Onyx when it came out in the club. Oh, my Lord.
2: Well, I I didn't either. I think it was like... That was, like, pre-Moesha, so I didn't use the club either, okay? Mm. Um, that was rough. But I just remember, like, they would play it and like, you know, like, throwback, and they would play it, and then folks would just, like, straight one, like, <clears throat> it, it was black people moshing, and it was mm. hilarious. But if you're short, people don't see you.
4: Nope. <laughs> so nope.
2: it's best that you move yourself away from the danger, <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what I did. That me, is exactly I what I did. I removed myself from the danger, but, um, yeah. you know, the songs where it's just like guys sitting around bobbing their heads and they might put the arm out, but it's pretty much guys sitting around, bobbing their heads. I'm like, this is a boring thing.
1: Nikki, yeah. what's your, uh, what's your next one? I'm oh, yeah, interested. Now I don't want to know where you're going to go with it.
2: Yeah. yeah my next one to slow like, things down. Um, it, it was a touch between two and three. So, I'm gonna go with the slower one and then my number three will be the fast one again so the number two one will be um what's it gonna be
4: okay
2: yeah and again um the the okay the song is fun i don't know i couldn't identify some of the instruments being used but the song is fun and i just kind of got this whole like the futuristic vibe because that's when everything like and and aluminum foil and this is how we envisioned the future to be like 2020 was going to be everybody wearing plastic or pleather or something apparently so that video alone with janet jackson dope. those looks great um him kind of like singing or i'm sorry him rapping to this chick janet jackson of course but you know it's kind of like all right a little sexiness here so it kind of gave you a chance to slow things down and some dude all up in your face you know between that and the damn gang Yang twins and the whisper song these are the songs that people will, like try to really push up on you with, right? But well, what's it going to be? Well, that was really dope, though. So I'm a big fan.
3: Uh, 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 come on. Uh, uh, uh. The Janet Jackson, to go. One time, baby, just tell me just how you feel. How you feel? We living it and just giving it to you real, baby, come on. Every time we crossing the borderline, we giving it to you, making you feel fine. Turn the heat up, better believe we gon' shine, make your body wine, baby. The pleasure is all mine. To my people, who be regulating the dance floor. Better step to your business and handle yours, how we do it. Making your people just wanna bounce and get busy because you know that we always will hit you off. What you say? you wonder why you feeling the force, and don't you worry, cause you'll we ready to floor. More heat, cause I always will put you on. And blow the spot at the very second I'm gone oh. Get your groove on Now that you're tired, I hope your body be cooping Because we're keeping you moving That's what we're doing and you know we're gonna We're gonna take Gonna way. make your body wet
1: Was this Janet Jackson's first hip-hop featurette single of the 90s of like this version of hip-hop? I'm not talking like like huh. the nation-esque stuff she was. I'm talking more like hip-hop like this. I, I, I was trying to it's think of one. It's hard
2: because think about it. They, um, the Nutty Professor was around that time.
1: Mm. And
2: I figured she was doing collaboration. I feel like she did a collaboration with somebody that had like a rap in it somewhere.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of another song another song that she did with like a rapper during this time, like the 90s time. I know she did something with, well, she did, she did something with MC Light. She did the Q-Tip yes, song.
0: Yeah. Why you want to go and do, oh, uh, damn? Yeah. That, uh-huh. yeah.
1: That's not why you want to do that. That was a, a remix song. for her.
2: That was a remix for her song, though, Um, You Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Yes. Yeah. So that's technically, that's her song
1: mm-hmm.
2: that, you know, she had Q-Tip on. And then they kept doing like a homage to Joni Mitchell throughout it.
1: Okay. She uh, had MC Light in '94 on her song, and she had Heavy D in '90.
2: What was um? What was that one? All 94. right, all right.
1: It was all right, oh, all right. The remix. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now keep in mind again, I emulate a lot of videos as a child. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Cap Calloway, Cap Calloway. So they like, you know, they all had um the whole newspapers and the zoot suits on. Oh my God. That's- <laughs> yeah. That makes me yeah. so happy. I I I grew up wanting to dance like Janet Jackson. Then when I found out Paula Abdul was doing all of her stuff, this is a tangent away from bus, side, I apologize, but
1: that's fine, that's fine.
2: All of her stuff is so her music is fun, her videos are fun. And I have so many random Janet songs in my workout mix that even my trainer is like, okay, what, what's up? What are you doing here?
1: You
2: like? <laughs> he has fun stuff. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, were doing some really great things here.
1: Amazing so, I'm stuff. A big fan. I agree. Oh my God, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think Busta was the first, um, I guess you would say like younger street rapper. I really wouldn't count um, Heavy D and probably not, I Men she liked because it was like in the 80s, around the 80s time. I think Busta was the first in like the 90s. The well, he was out in so maybe not, but maybe like that 96 golden oh. era of hip hop, whatever.
2: But what year um. was this? Uh, she did do the New Agenda thing, but that never really came off the album. And that uh-huh. had Chuck D in it. It had like a Rhythm okay. Nation feel to it because it was like, I'm looking at a list, so it's not like I thought that off the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what year was that? That was the year where the album covers her, with her arms on top of her head and her boobs, somebody's own her boobs. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that album. Yeah. I don't remember what it was oh, called. I found one that I'm like, okay, Son of a Gun with Missy Elliott. And that was around what? Two, 2001. Okay. Wow. My favorite Amazing. breakup song. Yes. That is, <laughs> woo! And I do own a bat. Oh, wow. Yes, I love all that right there. Hold up. Man, like uh-huh, has Jimmy
0: Jam and Terry Lewis ever like worked with hip hop artists before? I don't
2: think so. did, they did
1: stuff with like Heavy D if that counts. I'm not sure if you think that's that counts. I mean it does
0: because people do like he he does rap, but it's not you know it's not like hardcore hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop, hip hop, like it's not that. Like I don't think people would consider it that. But that's a debate oh. because even though like he don't curse curse necessarily in his raps, like. Some people still consider him as hip hop. Some people still, some people still. He was kind of like the Fresh
2: Prince. He was kind of like yeah, you know, he was He's, yeah, yeah. He was easy, palatable, bubblegumish. Um, I, you know, I kind of like lop him in with people who were welcome on uh, a different world as guest stars. Facts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
0: now, can I play the devil's advocate? What to this song? No, 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 no. Just well, well, in relations to rappers like that, uh, mm-hmm. do y'all think Hammer is a rapper?
2: Yes, yeah. of course. Okay. All right. What else would he be? He can't sing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> some people I'm don't think totally he's a rapper. Well, he's think like, about it. Puppy?
2: Like rap, pretty much is um spoken word, air quotes on that because some people just ain't really saying much, much of anything. But yeah. spoken word over music, right? And some people are a little bit deeper than others. Hammer is a performer and his raps will make you dance. That's it. Now, is he like the hardest rapper? No. But he's there.
1: If if they had social media during Hammer's time, he would be uh, like a lot of these young guys who have a dance and a pop song. The only thing different is he was actually talented. He could actually dance. And he treated his he was essentially like to what James Brown was to funk with like having a band and performance and like the whole show. And then they would go and do tours and like they had like practice and everybody had like a step and it was like very intricate. And he he performed, man. Like my aunt went to a Hammer show. She told me about this. talk about this to this day. And she said Hammer will be performed for almost two hours. Mm. Just dancing the whole time, rapping, performing. The, the outfit changes. Like, it was a thing, man.
2: It was a production. It's a show. I mean, yep. that's the type of stuff I really do love. And I think um, a lot of the debates we used to have, you know, back in the dorms when I was an undergrad was, you know, again, a bunch of New Yorkers. They were talking about, well, this ain't a real lyricist. This person's a real lyricist. And we were talking about, you know, going down the rabbit hole, like, who had the deepest lines. And fast forwarding to now in this conversation, I'm thinking you have to give people space to be what they are. And if you like it, you do. If you don't, so be it. So let's be straight cardi okay but a lot of it's more on her performance right true
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know meg a lot of it's on her performance you know she
4: <laughs> you know
2: like did they really come here to listen to all her lyrics does anyone even know all her lyrics we pretty much came to see her pop it you know and when she says something profound I'm like oh, okay cool now i ain't gonna lie totally love meg and i she's like in my mind like along the line like katrina in yeah. that that genre right there yeah. And, I mean, Cardi's okay, but Cardi gets on my nerves sometimes. So, it's just kind of like, I, I I, don't know. I'm, I'm team. You don't have to contract the women or whatever, but I'm just like, I'm more of like a Meg The Stallion fan. Okay. And when you think about like, well, who's a real rapper? It comes down to the consumer. The consumer likes the style, the sound, and so be it. There's a lot of people out here singing that don't sound very good. They sound oh, man. very manufactured.
0: Or well, they and- lip sync.
2: yeah they're lip singing when we see them you know they're very manufactured and i feel very like prince like where i'm just like you know "Mm, you know Mm. i've heard of that person maybe
4: Mm.
2: they're they're not all singing octaves and doing vocal uh exercises some people will give you a great show jennifer lopez will give you a great show will she sing well she will give you a great show. You know, that's <laughs> where we are. Okay. Acknowledge what it is. Some people, I love a good performer. I mm-hmm. do lip sync contests. Trust. I, I'm not trying to sing nobody, anything. If I had to sing in these contests, I would lose. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to give you a show and, you know, really pop it out and do all this craziness, I got choreography for you. I'll do it.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Amal, what's your next song?
1: Oh man, I wasn't even ready. Uh, oh, damn. Oh, I, no, it's car. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, hot? No, I'm not gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with "This Means War," and here's why. Um, I actually really enjoy rock music, especially like old rock music. And he sampled one of my favorite. It's probably cliche, because probably everybody's like favorite song, that's from that time is Black Sabbath Iron Man, um, and it is a f- phenomenal. Song, um, the guitar rip alone is worth listening to over and over again, um, and just like just listen to the song when it comes in. I love that song, um, and I've always wanted hip hop to do more stuff with rock, especially nowadays. I always felt like it, but it never—it always comes off like disingenuous and forced. And this song didn't come off that way because Busta is a type of person who can like rap almost over anything so him rapping over this it felt natural it wasn't like um it, it felt like run dmc and Arlson, it felt natural you know what i'm saying like there are a lot of hip-hop songs where it's like it's a forced song to be like hey let's make a hit song and let's let's you get your fans and you get your fans and let's figure out a way to make a song and it never comes out that way especially like nowadays um, so to hear someone in 1998, this was kind of brave of him and both of them to like team up with Ozzy Osbourne and put him on a hip hop album in 1998 where he is rapping rapping. and this is actually like one of the few songs on the album actually ties into the title he's talking about like war and retribution and like you know the things that come with war and internal battles and external battles people have. I work hard to take care of every one of my
3: niggas. Love and appreciation from all of my niggas. When I think, meditate and contemplate for my soul. Watch the truth manifest once the story unfolds. Disloyal motherfuckers, I'ma banish you all and celebrate all in your absence once I get rid of y'all. Sometimes I can't describe the wicked shit I feel in my heart. Break my silence and sporadically tear you apart. Strike with a serious vengeance and before you die. the worse, make you take a look in my eye So you can witness the extreme damage caused by betrayal Make you sorry for the fact That you attempted and failed Make you eternally suffer You was one of my men's. Turn your back on me I'ma make sure you get it back times 10 Stay true Now that's the one thing I religiously pray
1: I'm a sucker for the beat. It pulled. Me. I wasn't going to listen to it at first. I didn't listen to no damn Ozzy Osbourne song. I came to it. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is over. This is Black Sabbath. Holy crap. I'm,
2: I'm trying to remember like that show was on at that time, too. The Osbournes.
1: It was in 98? I,
2: yeah, I feel like it was. I'm trying to look it up now because if that was the case, and that was a good marketing move as well mm. because um, that was like real early reality television, right? Yes. It was Ozzy. It's the yeah, Osbournes.
1: It might have been in 98. Oh my God. I never even oh, thought it was
0: about 2002. That. They did. Oh, the 2002.
1: Episode. Oh,
0: oh
2: like then you know, never I mind. It. Okay. didn't. Yeah. no. Okay. Yeah. So this it, is though. when he
0: was still out there biting, 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 you
2: know, bat. uh, bat heads off, yeah. or and, bird heads off, or something.
0: Yeah. He was still in that process. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's <laughs> kind of nah, cool nah,
0: that Busta, nah. Busta's, <laughs> main,
1: <laughs> Busta's main, like, features were Ozzy Osbourne and Jamie Jackson, which is like, um, uh, a flip from what he, it kind of sucks because in Anarchy he kind of strayed away from this. He didn't have stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like like he had more like, unfortunately more like New York rap. So he had like Jay Z songs and D M X songs and shit like that. So and um, I don't know. I kind of wish he stuck in the creativity box and tried out more experimental stuff like this. I mean even if it fails, just the fact that he constantly tried out shit like this would not really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like this song. This this song was definitely hard. I was playing uh when I was listening to this album. I was playing a lot of NBA jams, so it kind of took me back to those days and shit. Uh, but when I did hear this, like it 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 was definitely something to get your energy like right up right before the album ended. It kind of sucked that the album ended right after this, cause you wanted more. But I think you got to imagine the you know at the time. Either listening to this on cassette or CD, and just going right back into the first the first track, and you just wanted more after that, and like I really, fu- I really fucked with this song. Like it wasn't on my top three, but it was definitely one that I was considering. You know, maybe if I had a top five, I would definitely consider it. But this shit was hard. This shit was definitely hard.
2: Yeah, that, oh, and
0: also that breakdown. Good. So, Lord.
2: how were you guys consuming this stuff? You know, since you're like eight and stuff. You know, like um i probably shouldn't have what did you have
1: um my brother who is about three years older than me yeah (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) i'm like who let you listen to this is my question (laughs) like that's where i'm really going with this
1: um yeah so i would uh always sneak into his room Mm -hmm. listen to his cds um that's where that's where it basically came from and then as i got older certain things just stopped. Um, but I think me personally, my essentially love for hip-hop and music in general mm-hmm. just comes from like Sam, my brother with covers he had, like, oh, this cover is so cool, listen to the album. So I remember Bust when when the disaster strikes, I remember seeing the cover and I'm like, yo, this is so hard. And on the back, well, I can't remember the back, like super like a background, like what he did the back, like him come out of a cave, something crazy like that. I said, "Yo, this is the craziest cover I ever saw." And then I saw the Outcast cover. So it was even more crazy.
2: Oh, uh, so, yeah! You
1: um, should have had me up for an Outcast show. We didn't do Outcast yet, but that's my favorite. <laughs> uh, like, so yeah.
0: this is good to know.
1: <laughs> I'll put you in the pen. Outcast is my favorite everything. So, yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. where mine came from. Sneaking into my brother's room.
2: Okay, yeah. where were you like watching this stuff, in?
0: Well, um, it's a it's a mixture of everything. So, like, my at the time, my dad was more into like jazz, soul, and also mm-hmm. reggae. So he didn't really like us listening to hip hop or and things that were on, were on the radio. So I usually had to sneak around to actually listen to you know what I wanted to listen to. I learned about Three Six Mafia through my cousin Sean and Trent and um, Terrell. Um, I learned about like Tupac through my brother. He had a lot of Tupac. He also had Sean CD. My dad took that CD and played that shit in his truck because he had because oh. Shine had Barrington Levy on that motherfucker. And then because my dad likes Barrington Levy. He's like, What Barrington to Levy did something? And then he listened to it. And then we saw that shit in his truck. So like so my dad was he that let type you listen of
2: listen to a shine.
0: Yeah, shine. Like Shine's first album. I'm of not I gonna. Love
2: Oh did he God. get locked up after the first one?
0: Yeah, yes, he got he locked did. up. I think he got blamed for that shooting that happened between, you know, and, blamed. uh. Yeah. He it didn't get blamed. He Diddy. just didn't
1: have a good enough lawyer like Puffy. That's all. He didn't get blamed. Exactly, just,
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> it was It was him, Diddy, and J-Lo, right? And J-Lo was just him. there. She
1: had nothing to do with it. But yeah, she was Diddy, Diddy knew what was going on. Diddy I'm... did the thing where he got two different lawyers. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: That's true.
2: I'm yeah. just, like, sitting here in awe, like, I'm curious. I'm I was always curious, like, you know, it shows the impact of siblings.
4: Yeah. or
2: mm-hmm. um, somebody younger yet older than you being around you because I think a reason why the music that I'm attracted to is always very playful colorful makes you want to dance is because I am I was the only and then I became the elder right so my music choice and palette was whatever my mother was listening to so you want to talk to me about some Anita Baker some Gladys Knight I got you Luther Vandros, the the Magic ninety five point nine folks, them right there. That's that's what I was. I'm I'm good with that. But it's also obviously too mature. So when I went to college, because you're getting me on, you know, ninety seven Busta, yeah, it's straight freshman year right there. Boom, like, like that was the best song. I was cracking up like that. That was the song or the 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 beat behind like the the speeches in my my party. Because I was like, this is so like Lawrence and Dorm's freshman year. Oh, shit. Yeah, like everybody who was getting up there from Cuse, um, for those who were on par with me and, you know, some of the younger ones too. Yeah, it was like, that was like straight up like my freshman year. That and, let me give you the contrast, that was what I enjoyed. Do you know what I heard too much of? Uptown, baby. Uptown, baby. Get gets <laughs> down, baby. T- I'm like, what's it the fuck This
1: rap shit? Probably wouldn't even be yeah. going on. I'm like, like we get it. From.
2: Uptown, baby. Again, Uptown, baby. And if it wasn't that, then it was. Borica, Morena, Morena. Borica. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, Fat That's Joe important. and them, okay? Yeah, but after a while, I was like, okay, again, like, I'm gonna listen to this and then repeat. I'll repeat. I'll repeat. <sighs> And then like, I ain't gonna lie, I thought I was real cool, you know, listening to Erykah Badu. All of a sudden, like, I'm I'm Duke. You know?
0: <laughs>
2: so I burn incense and listen to Erykah Badu. Can I ask no. a kind of quick question? Hey, <laughs> real- all the time. Oh, really? hey, you he <laughs> can tell me
4: shit. <laughs> cleaning house music.
1: Yeah. Quick question. Yes. So, were there any people in New York playing music from people outside of New York? I'm seldom. always fascinated by that. Very mm-hmm.
2: seldom. That's why, you know, this is also when you had all things crunk happening, right? Yeah, so, I, I was an outlier, but I also made friends with people who also enjoy all things 504 Boys mm-hmm. and No Limit. Yeah, like, that's, that's, my, sh- that's my shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, while we're sitting here with one too many songs that all sound the same, and you're just like, yeah, you got, you know, straight up those beats from, you know, from fricking Master P and his crew. They weren't listening to it. They they weren't. If it wasn't a New York, if it wasn't screaming out Brooklyn or Bronx, they were not listening to it.
0: Wow. That's funny that you mentioned No Limit too, because that was another album that was uh that was kind of in the 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 the, the selection. Um mm-hmm. Game Face. Um Game Face came out a couple years later and I talked about uh in the previous episode how like masterpiece like new no limit kind of adapted to like the new orleans bounce sound of cash money in the 90s like but i think it was too late at the time because master p had to move so differently after what was happening to his brother and different members of no limit like he had to move a little bit differently so which is why he did the new no limit and trying to switch up the sound so he can get more hits but um yeah that album came out like a couple years later and it was a complete switch up from what you know he had originally like it it kind of took that time to go back to you know those dope boy kind of like rhymes and those dope boy kind of vibes um in the later part of game face but Mm -hmm. when i was listening i was like damn man like yo he was trying to switch the game up with that so that's a that's a whole nother a whole nother thing um segueing into my favorite song. I think this is my second favorite one. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with uh, Take It Off. Uh, Nikki, I like the fact that you said that uh, you, you were talking about one of the Bust Around's previous songs that I DJ'd for you at at your birthday party. Yeah. Um, if you really want to party with me. my eyes see, yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think the reason why I liked Take It Off was because it was able to have the same kind of vibe that uh hands where your eyes can see what you know have but it it, it still had a different kind of like reggae feel to it and i love the fact that he was able to kind of be able to manage to have the same flow that he would have on songs like give me some more or hands Where your eyes can see but then flip it up with this different
2: weird it is a very interesting like um infusion of reggae, like I yes. guess that's reggae. I don't know what to call. It. It's got to be reggae, right? Like, it's I, reggae. I, yeah, okay. I'm like, it's I'm trying to figure out, like example. what. Else. I mean, I'm he's Jamaican. Made some sense.
1: Amma, what you think? Uh, I like the song. It does remind, put you in that same space of. I'm surprised it wasn't a single. To be quite honest with you, right? Um, yeah, I'm actually surprised it wasn't. Um, it's just, it's it come off like a. a party Buster song. Um yeah. it didn't stand out to me like to a point where, like I said, like to be quite honest, say this the end of the album, none of this album was um a life changing experience for me. Really creative creative wise, mm-hmm. substance wise. Um I felt like it's a it is what it's supposed to be, uh, a fun album that Buster was putting in. He did like little put little messages of like, you know, things to you know I want to be successful take care of my mom's and different things about you know growing up in new york stuff like that it was like spliced in between but um this song wasn't like a crazy home run for me but i didn't dislike Mm -hmm. it it was still fun and i think it served its purpose of having another fun song on the album which is fun
2: and i think he was like releasing one a year at that point so you know sometimes they rush to put stuff out i know i was joking in the beginning like he could have held off some of these cuts on this most recent one and, you know, had three whole albums there instead of 30-something on one. Yeah, but man, he was, was putting out an album a year, boom, boom, boom. Maybe in his older age, he's just like, I don't feel like doing all this crap. So here, 30 songs. Go
0: ahead. Um, the sample for this song is Sunshower by Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah Band. So it's actually a, a soul, funk, and disco song. It's not even a reggae song. But it just gave you that type of that type of vibe. And uh yeah, what Amad said was right. Like it, but like a lot of like this album's not gonna like, you know, it's 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 nothing to kind of like uplift your life, but it's definitely something to get you grooving and stuff. So so but I definitely fuck with this song for sure. For sure. Um Nikki, what is your last song? And the last favorite?
2: song, again, I need club banger, so Tear the roof off. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Club bangers. Okay. I, I am here for the club bangers. And that is definitely one where it's just like, dun, 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 like all you're hearing is like, oh, uh, oh, uh, boom, boom, boom. Like when you start hearing the bass, the beat, again, I'm not, I'm always pushing the bass, but there it's a good beat. Dang it. It says I'm sing- I'm dancing here. We're gonna have fun. You can't sit still and listen to the song. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm here for all the club bangers.
1: Mm. So, I'm assuming this is done by Swiss Beats because all of his beat sound has that same. That I don't know thing, that, 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 whatever yeah. that sense is. The bass is the um, same, too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. I think this is, again, I think this is another I bet you it is. time where Buster was diving into his let me sound more New York ish mm-hmm. um, than previous albums. That's why it got Swiss, who this is 98. This is when DMX was burning up and down in 98, like he was everything else in that year, 98, 99. Um, so I think it made it's sense rich. for him to get together. Um, I like the song. Like, it's a high energy song. Like, yeah, I can work out to the song. I can get shit done to the song. Like, uh, it doesn't fit kind of with the theme of the album, where it's like the extension level event and it's like the world is ending. But I guess it kind of does, cause the tear the roof off, You're probably like a riot-esque type feeling. So maybe it does in that sense. Um, I like it. Is it, Buster has like I think that second verse, he kind of like does this thing where he like uses the same syllable for the bar. His wordplay gets like really like dense, which is really really cool fun to do. He does it. In a, he does it in a lot. Where the first verse might be a bit more traditional, 16 bar. A uh, regular like bar 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 like whatever like one two three. the bar scheme is pretty like traditional core to hip hop. Do have like another verse where it's like? 15 syllables back to back to back to back to back but then it's like still in that simple bar frame um like you squeeze as many rhymes as possible which is really great and the third verse will be something where the flow is completely different so you kind of like put different flows on each song which is like each like each verse of a song or even like in the midpoint of the verse the first eight bar different than the second eight bar i don't know stuff like that i think it's just very creative intuitive and that's one remember, thing i think like i
2: said in the video too like they slowed it down midway yeah. in the video i don't think they do it on the cd but Uh-oh. it was like they kind of melded another song in there
1: oh wow i'm gonna look up the video
2: yeah i remember um, that video like slowing down and it was like this is not the same song <laughs> okay it's almost like that cut in the middle of um um i'll be that i think the red man and um, be be the man it.
1: It. oh my I god i love it. that song and then the, the woman like be
2: drives be by be and it's kind of the near long moment she's yeah. on a bike or something like that and like yeah she hit the car music and, and then she hits the, the car
1: thing. yeah
2: yeah it was something weird like that i remember that
1: they used to do that like they had i think him red man and buster and missy always brought a different element to their music videos and it was like humorous
4: mm-hmm.
1: um and I, I said in previous podcast episodes where like I think it's very challenging for, especially like rappers, especially in the '90s, to mm-hmm. implement humor into their craft because, as you said, so many times already, like these dudes were super serious. Yep. Um, so just the fact that he was able to get creative and bring humor to it was um, you get they should get props for that because it's, it's really even today found- everybody's too cool to laugh. So yeah. it's still something I wish it was kill. No,
2: I found it really entertaining. Seriously, like these are the things that kept my attention. If you're going to do that. Um, if you're gonna be super serious about it and everything's about um, how rough your life was,
0: I'm like <laughs> shoot people up,
2: you know, yeah. I mean, I, I grew know. up on boys in the hood, so I'm good. You know, we don't have to have every song and entertainment source be about how rough it is and how broke you are. Can we just have fun? So I'm here for this. Can we just have fun? And again, when you talk about a lyricist and who gets to be called a lyricist, who's really a rapper, who's really a singer? You know it's entertainment art for art's sake so if, if someone wants to hear happy-go-lucky let me party and dance music let them hear it if somebody wants to hear yet another song about some cheating ex then let them hear it i guess I um, mean that's your thing oh. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> um, traumatizing that's what i think too. <laughs> Like
2: how many songs um the r&b genre really got slammed with a whole bunch of just everybody has a horrible Boyfriend or a husband or a wife or whatever, and it's just like, golly, you know, does anybody write songs about just happiness? I don't know.
0: I mean, somebody switched it up with a stranger being in their
2: house. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it was Tamia, I feel like right. It was yeah. Who do you think? Oh my gosh! Like that's also I, I,
1: about cheating, though. You know that, right? That song is about the, the guy. Being a stranger, the stranger in house. Yeah,
2: yeah, like. It's like, can can it it just be happy, euphoric love? No, it has to be tortured love. Like, God damn, it's painful. I'm watching a video now and it's like, okay, he's with some chick going shopping. I'm like, looks happy so far. But normally, (laughs) like, you know, I'm sure the video's gonna take a left soon enough, right? There's an Aaliyah t-shirt, she's dead. You know, like, (laughs) um... Like, the song, again, I told you, I had access to the music library at um, BT at work, and it was just like, you know, I like the fun, let's dance songs, Like, even with Ghostface Killer, I'm sure he has some heavy shit. I don't know. I just like the Tommy Matola song, where he's like, Tommy
1: Mottola.
2: Yay! Lives on I'm, his own. I'm like, did I get to uh, uh, the lyrics? No, I was here for the bass, okay? I'm here for the bass line
1: i love that song i'm playing yes. it all day tomorrow tomorrow gonna be a ghost face day
0: yes
2: yes Yeah, yes, I'm just saying, yo, like, his the bad things, bad not
1: good junker good too
2: whoo, the things that i enjoyed, the things that i love were always the you know let's get this party you know going songs not the how hard it was for me growing up in marcy project i'm broke we all broke we ate like cereal what was the shine song um, I remember the day when I, we were dead broke. Me oh, no, dead yeah. dead. that's not
0: Sean. That's, that's Ghetto Story. Okay. This is a okay. Ghetto Story. story. I'm
2: like, okay, song. this is not fun. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> reggae. Like, it was generically reggae.
2: Where's Patra? Dang it. Where's Sean Paul? I want to dance now. Like, that, was
0: the, that was the hamlet of reggae. <laughs> the
2: fuck? Like, Ghetto Story. Like these sad story. songs. <laughs> Like, Like, Buster didn't give us a whole bunch of sad songs. (laughs) He gave us fun songs. And then, like, listening to his most recent ones, I was just, like, so curious. Like, okay, what's he doing now? You know, what is this uh, follow-up situation? And that shit's heavy. Like, there's a couple. The beats are nice, but if you sit and really pay attention to the lyrics on this stuff, it's heavy as hell. You got the minister Louis Farrakhan in there. Did
1: you know yes, that? He yeah, he does.
2: Yes, yeah. I'm like, and what he's talking about, I'm like, okay, I was, <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to put my hands where my eyes could see. What's going on <laughs> here? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That
0: threw off too in the new hour. I was, I was like, like, sir, what,
2: what is this? I just want to no. party with me, you know. I, just I actually really liked
1: like, it. I, I liked him getting doing that because Buster never went there. I wanted Buster to see what he was. This what his is fifty-something-year-old
2: Buster. Oh, this is what you get. You getting social commentary, oh, man, Buster. I'm not mad, but it's just, it's just different. Um, when I met him, I was about like 19. And mm-hmm. this is back when BET used to have, um, I was an intern at BET News and that's just, you know the whole campus over there on, uh, off of like Oakey Street. Um, you know where it is over there, New York Avenue. And um, I remember meeting him during one of our cookouts. Cause we had a cookout every other Friday on the campus yard. And it was pretty dope, but he was promoting his fashion line called Bushi, like B-U-S-H-I, Bushi wear. And it was so weird, like he was running around, he was endorsed store. he had sponsorship by Sprite. So he was handing out cans of Sprite and saying, y'all gotta wear this Bushi wear, get this Bushi wear. And I'm just like, okay. So I got like the stiffest fucking bandana I've ever known a man. Like, it's white with gold on it. So I'm sitting out here looking like Case from Happily Ever After videos. Or something like <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, okay, I'm going to put this around my head. And I guess I'm, like, part of, um, you know, 702. What are we doing? I don't know. It was weird. Uh, I'm glad the fashion thing never really picked up. Because Busta was also notorious for wearing Kuji sweaters for no damn reason. And he do big for that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a no weight restriction on those things.
0: I ain't gonna lie, I did like some of the movie uh, appearances he, a movie and video game appearances that he had because he did make an appearance in the best fighting video game ever, Def Jam Fight for New York, and he was also in a Halloween movie and a Shaft remake. Like I think, I think Buster Rhymes' yeah. acting career was very short, but respectfully, mm-hmm. respectfully badly good. And I know also, that's a lot of adverbs and adjectives and shit, but th- that's that's how I kind of describe his acting career because it's never been serious. Yeah. But the times that he has shown up in movies, it's been hilariously memorable.
1: He also survived. He one of the few black people to survive the Halloween. Uh, oh, uh, that's
0: right. Uh, he didn't like kill James him. Huh? That's
1: right. He one of few. So actually, this is, this is like in the early 2000s, and people kept yeah. talking because Brandy died in yep. uh, I Know What You I Did Last did summer. summer. But yeah. then LL came back and survived in Deep Blue Sea with yeah, a few did. other people. and Black people was dying. I guess he must have been like, listen, I'm being the movie, but I ain't dying. I ain't you dying. It's going to look like I'm going to die, but you're going to find at the end that I didn't die.
2: Man, uh-huh. I, will, <laughs> yeah. I love the Jada Pinkett uh, and is it Omar Epps? Or uh-huh. I think it was Omar Epps. Her and they were like the obligatory Black people that would die over the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was great. Yeah, I remember that. That
2: was poetic
1: justice right now. Um, whose song is it? I lost track. Is it mine? Um, yeah, it's My yours. last one. Your last one. Your My last, last one. one, I'm going to keep it within the theme because I was going to pick Tether Roof off. I did not expect Nikki to pick that. So I'm going to pick <laughs> the other uh, Swiss beat song, which is Just Give It To Me Raw, which I also <laughs> enjoy. It's not like I'm just picking it because I wanted to pick it. But Busta, once again, like similar to Tether's Roof Off, which is why I like that one so much is that he is also doing that thing where he is like flipping up his rhyme schemes in every single verse. And I just appreciate the creativity that that takes and like the thoughtfulness of like as an artist to like, I'm gonna try to make this as difficult as possible, but also do it in a way where it sounds like sonically pleasing to the fans. Um, I do hate the fact that Swiss beats beats sound so similar because I felt like this is the same song. That's the only thing I wish was different um because this oh. sounds very similar to tether roof off even in the tether roof off gave me to me raw like even in the damn titles it sounds like it's a part of a rhyme but um i i, I liked it it's, it's still something for me still gave me that energy that i expected from buster i'm just mad that it sounded the same with the song that was a little bit early in the album
2: a lot of them did repetition like crazy um, yeah. once one thing worked I I don't know if it was the companies encouraging it, but it just seemed they were afraid to go off the beaten path. And I'm sure as an artist, that was probably very restricting because, you know, a a true artist is like wants to experiment, wants to try something new, but you have to keep in mind these artists are going through corporations, A&R. They're not allowed to really just be free willing with it until they go and do like some unplugged or something somewhere not fun to me but yeah
1: no that's a that's a great point i mean i'm sure that's. i won't be surprised if those two was recorded in the same session and he was like well just put them both on there because we had to pay a bunch of money for it because back then it cost a couple hundred grand to make a song so they probably was like put it all on there we're not leaving nothing on the table
2: and i'm looking at these videos by the way i put it like on a buster rhymes rotation so things associated with that time frame are popping up and I'm having a hard time drawing a parallel between Busta Rhymes and another artist really doing the same type of style. Mm. Maybe, maybe Timberland, but even with Timberland, he produced other people at that time. So it's kind of like maybe those people. But you know how, like, I'm looking like, like a Fat Joe. You know, okay, Fat Joe looks like and acts like every other New York rapper right now. You know, um, what was the other guy? Um, Big Pun? Yeah, yeah, Fat Joe, you had Big Pun, you had everybody sounded like they from the Bronx, yeah. And mm-hmm. the raps sounded the same, but these are released with the party. These, these are the party guys, though. But mm-hmm. I still would not put them in the same category with a Busta Rhymes because their showmanship, their performance, totally different. Totally like, different. I agree. These were rappers that thought that as long as I stand up there with a mic and I'm saying my stuff, I'm really doing, endure- I'm doing it. They loving it. Okay, Busta's out there, straight up, like all over the dang stage. Like, you know, we're not even gonna talk about the videos and the visuals. He was giving you a show very seldom. He's just like, I'm gonna stand in one place, I'm gonna rap, and that's gonna keep it gooey, and that's gonna be enough to entertain the people. Got dancers going this way, pyrotechnics over here. Like, you're gonna get a good performance, you're gonna get a really yeah. good show. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I, will, I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned it, but it's like, I think it's just because he grew up in a, a heavy reggae house and how, like, yeah. how watching the clashes. He said in the interview, I was I was like, I never thought of that, but how that inspired him so much. And then he also saw that rappers in those days, they literally would just stand in the middle of the, mm-hmm. the stage and just rap. Oh, and he boy. said he felt like he had to do something different to get people's attention. And he would give so much energy throughout the stage. Like he, needed a high, he needed a split star. He needed like a crew. Not too many, but something kind of like give him that energy and give it off because he said he felt like he had to cut through the with whatever they was doing and i am like to your point like nothing was like buster like and i think it's because you know if you look at all like buster was grew up in new york but he also lived in england for a little bit when he was a kid and then he visited jamaica and then he actually wound up finishing high school in uh, long island so he probably experienced different levels of music and cultures and stuff like that and embrace it all as a rapper and that's probably why like even though people say he's from the Bronx from Brooklyn because he went to school with Jay-Z and Biggie Mm -hmm. he didn't rap like them but he could still hold his own when it came to getting on a song
2: with them yeah because I went Um, to a Jay-Z concert um in like I want to say 98 and uh, what was that like okay so let me preface this with Jay-Z was the opener um we this was i know i know <laughs> this is deep van if you had come to my little birthday happy hour i told the story of the luke dancers so here's what happened <laughs> um they had this event in college called greek freak and somebody talked new yorkers into inviting uncle luke up there because who's freakier than uncle luke now at this point luke is not in his prime this is luke you know after all that Popped it, you know, stuff okay, gotcha. So, um, I'm like, I'm kind of looking at them sideways, like, y'all hardly like crunk. Why are we bringing Luke up here? But here we are. So, Luke was the main attraction, Jay Z, and I think it's Emil, is how you say her name, you know, Jigga, what Jigga, who, yeah, Emil,
1: yeah, yeah, That
2: was the the intro, and it was kind of neat to go to the Jay Z, you know, like it was a JC concert of sorts, but it's really a Luke concert. Um, he was really on that fast rapping tip then. So he was just that was his whole shtick. Um, again, I got a mic, I'm gonna sit up here and I'm just gonna talk. Do-do-do-do. I got the lyrics, I got the lyrics. So you have to stop and listen to this person rap. You're not really, I mean, you might be bobbing your head. And I think that's how I understood the way that my uh, my classmates were consuming music, is that they were listening for the lyrics because they want to talk about how, you know, bomb the lyrics were, you know, so much of to this conversation right here. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, is it over? You know, can, you know, can we get the loop dancers out here? Like what's going on here? Because I really wanted to dance. That's where my mind was. So again, I'm not trying to belittle it. They could belittle me like you ain't listening to the lyrics. I don't care about the lyrics right now. I just want to hear music. I want to party. I want to dance and party. That's why I'm here for the music, right? Um, the things that are deep that I listen to don't tend to be like the deep rappers. It's normally a deep, uh, soulful singer, but that's just me and my preference. But no, um, Jay-Z gave us a show. I think Emile was, I, I was really just turned off because they both were just kind of sitting there they're like, I got the mic and I'm doing it like this and that's it. And they weren't really like engaging the crowd too much. Um, Emile was on that whole, you know, she was like the hot woman that they had in his performance. So she was trying, but she, I just remember her being straight up and down with nothing, like nothing here, nothing there. It was just, eh. So it was wasn't... This in, mm-hmm? Was this ninety-seven? 97, 98, yeah, somewhere around there. It was definitely my freshman year, and I went in fall 97, so, yeah.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
2: And, um, yeah, because the reason I brought it up during my little party the other day was because uh, one of my friends who was on there, during the Jay-Z portion and the meal and whoever else was the openers, um, he was supposed to, like, you know, cheerleader style, style, you know, just spot me, like, just, I'm balanced up here because I can't see over people, So I'm on top of the backing of a chair um, or stadium seating. But, you know, it's sturdy enough that as long as somebody's holding you, you're fine. I was fine for Jay-Z and the meal and whoever else was the opener. (laughs) Then the Luke dancers came out. (laughs) And my friend Khalil was like, they were like, yo, boom, and just threw me like I was on the (laughs) ground. I don't I never saw I saw them come out and that was it. They were like, oh, my, like, it was my friend and all his boys from Jersey, and they were, this is their first time seeing a Luke anything. Um, yeah, they were very, in, you know, surprised. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all I remember is I had blood all down my legs. Like, I was just hella fucked up. They just threw me, and that was it. And I was just
1: <laughs> Oh, no.
2: Yeah, oh. so I was like, I was like, Ninja, you dropped me. He was like, I did not. You actually threw me, and I <laughs> fell, like, Yeah. And he's like, no, I had you. No, no, that's not what happened. I have scars. No, oh, my no. God. <laughs> like, sir, you're no. Literally,
0: you're literally scarred.
2: I'm literally <laughs> scarred. But what was funny is that, you know, that response to, you know, again, this is a bunch of New Yorker people and Jersey people. And I'm like, I don't know who told y'all to bring in Luke up here was a good idea. Because everybody from South of the Mason-Dixon line was like, y'all sure y'all want to do this? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I never fancied y'all to be the Luke fanatic type of person. You know, in Baltimore, it's like they done did Percolator five million ways from Sunday and um, yeah. doo-doo brownness and, you know, like yeah. things that kind of sound Luke-infused. Yeah. Plus, you know, number one Zodiac sign and, you know, pop that, you know, you get yeah. that yeah. It's crazy too
0: because they still kind of keep the same energy to this day because, yeah. like, I, I had to cover – um. I did cover two live crew's performance at uh, Rock the Vote, like, I think 2007. I've, it either had to be 2007 or 2016, but I did it for all hip-hop. And, like, even though Luke was not there, mm-hmm. they still kept that same energy that you would see from, like, old recordings of, you know, their older performances. They still had to, yeah. you know, they still had the lady dancers they still mm-hmm. had the one girl did a split like it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know they're a yeah, lot older, so they can't keep up. At the rock <laughs> yeah, to so vote, yeah, it was a rock to vote event. Um, it was at this place called the Black.
2: They motivated people to get to the polls. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, they on mean? they on a poll. You go to the poll. See now, how that works.
0: Now the messed up part was this was 2000. This was definitely had to be before the 2016.
2: Oh uh, okay. election.
0: But but yeah, I mean, it happened.
2: <laughs> that's what they do. I mean, I'm not surprised or anything by it. I, I kinda love um I used to love the the songs where they would like remix it to kind of show the regional the regional flair. Like remember um years later, Welcome to Atlanta? Yes. Welcome to New with York. Snoop
1: Dog. Yeah, with Saint, with, uh, yeah. Oh, they had like Dog. They had yeah. uh Saint Lunatics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: Even Markie with that Lee whole was... telling where you're from, that uptown baby crap, they, um, I feel like they, they remixed that, too, like, for other parts of the country. Like, I used to love those remixes. It's kind of, like, dope. And you were kind of mm. waiting there, and as a Marylander, you're kind of, like, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well you see maybe I'm like, I guess I have to again being from the old line like, I guess I have to pick one. All right. <laughs> like, you're gonna go to New York, you're gonna go cronk. New York, Cronk like uh I'm going Croc. Croc first, man! I'm, 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 I ain't it. But it is you feel very left out. They'll um and for me in undergrad they, they would have a go go set. I'm like, so that's it, huh? yeah they would have a go-go set and again i'm from baltimore so i'm sitting here like yay go, go. <laughs> <laughs> and and then somebody would take pity on you because apparently jersey heads was in the club too so eventually they would put on like some they would put on the same crap all the time but you'd just be happy to have some semblance of like that sounds like club Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. They're not gonna like rock with Miss Tony, you know, again. Yeah. Not, give them the time. They're not like, playing Frank Ski. No Frank Ski. No, 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 none of that. No. Yeah. It's well, gonna be this? house music sounding stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that ain't the same. I That's know. dope. Vance, what's your last one, brother?
0: Man, I think mean, it's gonna be keeping it tight. And it's just mainly do it, It's funny that y'all talked about how like when it comes to this album, like. It seemed like he he knew what was working, so he stuck with it. And because mainly y'all chose most of the ones that I liked, <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to end it with keeping it tight because it was something that, it was another product of what he was able to create and what made it successful. And I think that's why I like the song. Um, lyrically, nothing super crazy to be like, yo, like it changed my life. But it was yet another good song throughout the album to, you know, be be, be, be be consistent. And I think that's something that Busta has been able to do throughout his career, be consistent. Even though he's had like periods where he'll kind of walk away and kind of not be in the spotlight, he always shows back up and you know what you're going to get with Busta. And I think like what made me choose this album is kind of how consistent he was throughout this album. And, and one of the songs kind of just keeping the flow going was keeping it tight, even though... It's it kind of sounded like a lot of the other songs on the on the product uh, on the project, but still a good song to 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 say at the least.
1: I don't know, man. Can we man. get into impact? Because I didn't, unless Nikki wanted to say something good
2: about song, bad, the song. You want to say something? I got nothing. Um, and it's because uh, honestly, I listened to. I was. I described it earlier. I was more into like singles. Yeah. So, if it wasn't something I was already, like, you know, bopping my head to and dancing hard to in a party, I didn't buy this one. Mm. I mm. bought um, the one before it. When the dance was Yeah, but I didn't buy this one. I just kind of, like, you know, the songs that I liked, I was still in the whole, like, learning how to burn CDs. Oh, so yeah. I,
1: wow.
2: I was totally, like, making my own shit at one point.
1: Great skill.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You, you really get that little, like, mini boombox situation well I guess it's not many but that boombox thing with the uh, multiple disc changer and one will allow mm-hmm. you to record yep. yeah you couldn't tell me nothing at that point
0: that's definitely 2000s. I had my
2: favorite Yep, yeah. yeah, I had my favorite songs I'm like I'm good and then I didn't have to wait to watch why what- I still want to watch the videos i gonna and I didn't have my- cable I had on um, the box, oh, the, box. Ooh, the box I the box I didn't like it but I mean you never it- knew
1: what you was gonna get that is true yeah <laughs> that yeah. is
0: true i got hit the coin i talked about the spinning bullet another time but yo
1: like, i remember that oh. video the corn Burned video shit, dog. only <coughs> i didn't like about the box really quick and I'm, I'm i didn't want to hate to bring up this guy again but whenever a yeah. certain rapper would drop they would request his videos non-stop
0: yeah uh-huh.
2: jay
1: eminem eminem oh yeah <laughs> and it would just be like yo well- every video
2: you got to keep I, in mind who was probably requesting that
1: i know yeah I know.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it definitely was not like a bona fide hip-hop head it was uh, uh it was probably like you know your, your cool white friend yeah because yeah, i remember yeah. having like a white dude debate me in like one of our public speaking classes where he was telling me that the greatest rapper of all time is a white man from detroit i was
4: like yeah
2: he was like, "Let me tell you why Eminem is the greatest," and it was just kind of like in his most awkward two thousands Beastie Boy act. This is what we're watching right now. Like, no, no, sir.
1: I ain't trying no. to hear that school shooter. The people, people that say that don't listen to hip hop.
2: In yep. their mind, they do because they've heard a couple songs.
1: I, I and I, at that point I understand. Just saying, yeah. And, and yeah. And with yeah,
0: that, really- I say. Still, kind of, when it comes to this podcast, fuck your opinion. Because, like, there's much... There's, Damn. There's, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> on, man, like, fuck your, fuck your feelings. You, you're telling me that he's the best rapper of all time, in your opinion, but you haven't took the time to listen to anybody else within the culture? Oh, it's
2: just 100% white supremacy. That's what that is. Exactly. Like, exactly. if they had sat there and listened to some... They probably felt uncomfortable listening to Biggie at that time or listening to... um Hell, even a bad boy rapper, which is essentially like a manufactured bullshit rapper, any old way, You know, it's like this. Eminem makes them feel okay, but so you know what? That makes him the best. But you right, know what? White people, yeah.
0: there's white people that do listen to those other rappers and they respect the culture. And I could talk to them about the shit. But for mm-hmm. you, for the people that are too afraid to listen to the other artists mm-hmm. that are actually in the culture and a part of the culture, and it was a part of our roots but you'll cut all of them off yeah. to listen to Eminem's complete catalog, which is nope. pretty fucked up if you want to get deeper into it. Nah, dog. I can't talk to you no. about music. What My you
2: qualifier say? questions are always very simple. If you want to talk to me about hip-hop, then I need you to name like at least two members of A Tribe Called Quest and two members of um, Wu-Tang Clan.
1: If you Ooh. can't do that, then
2: we can't talk. I'm not saying name them all, because there's quite a few people in the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, <laughs> but... You know, you must, like I'm,
1: just, a, I'm gonna take that. You mind if I use that on people?
2: Go yeah. for it. Yeah, I mean, go for it because I mean, think about it if they can associate with that, then okay, then they can probably tell you a couple things.
4: Yeah, it's a big but fact. if
2: they can't, they're, if they're saying, like, you know, um, um, well, what was on Chappelle's show? No, let's uh-huh. not do that. No, uh-huh. let's not. Well, on yeah, the
1: impact man. of this album, though, I just felt like I'm not saying Busta phoned it in, but. He was trying to, in my opinion, even though I see fuck your opinions, I felt like he was trying to embrace the changing New York landscape of hip hop. And he was making records that appealed to those. Everybody Rise, for example, Tear the Roof off, just like, uh, just give it to him, Raw. Those are heavy New York sounding records that on the first two albums and on his work with Tribe, he was not making. Um, song it sounded like that. It still sounded like New York, but it wasn't sound like everybody else's New York records. I also felt like he gave up some of his creativity with this album, even though with the flow scheme. That's but with actual, the actual subject matter. For example, on when when disaster struck, he has like a two part song where he's telling the story from two different point of views. Like. It's still busted, still fun, but it's like a level of creativity that he didn't have on this album. Even on Anarchy, which is not a best album either, he has the song um, "We Took a Trip Out of Town," and the song was about taking a trip out of town, like the New York drug scene, and what that encapsulated, right? But it still had the fun stuff to it. And at the end of the song, it was a movie. He said, "All right, cut," and it was like he he the song was like a story. But at the end of the song, he was showing he was he was really like telling giving like a movie scene right, which is really creative and really cool to see that him do and get like in that creative space because it was like a different take on that usual rappers talking about going down soft to sell drugs. I um, find like this album he didn't bring those same creative elements. It was still rapping fast. It was still um, different. Um, bars and creativity and tissue to flow patterns and instead of a fifth instead of a 16 bar it might be a 24 bar or eight bar and flip it up with this that was cool but i felt like it could have been more and i felt like it wasn't as good as when disaster strikes which is probably my favorite buster album
2: agreed mm-hmm. totally that agreed sounds. on when disaster strikes is really like epic yeah, yeah. um you know, you can tell that these companies get to these artists and tell them, like, this is what works. This is their equation. This is what you're going to put out. And I think that's what we're seeing with this one, just because the whole thing in my mind, is like, the ones that stuck out to me are going to be the party anthems. That's where he, that's where he shines. Um, when I stop and think about, well, the bust of that, you, you met with the short locks in Scenario. Like, when's the last time you really felt that vibe from him? It's like, mm. Mm. I'm mm. still on hands where my eyes can see. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah, it's it's not that you don't have that tribe call quest feel at all. Mm. So they kind of stuck him at you know what this works for you The y'all 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 that's you yeah. you do that like you do that. Um, mm. I mean I still love it, but yeah, it didn't seem like there's like a lot of space to go outside of that. And we see it all the time with artists where they're like. Like, I think what we're seeing now, the 50-something-year-old Busta Rhymes with the 30 tracks that just came out, the fact that there's so much social, uh, I don't say social commentary, but so much, like, activism-style commentary in there. I don't recall that being a part of the Busta Rhymes songs that I was listening to in 2000s or 99. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's finally finding his voice. Maybe at this grown age, he's like, I don't care what y'all tell me I can do. I can do all this stuff. I have a loyal fan base. They're going to yeah. buy my stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put all these collabos on here that they're going to have to listen because they're going to like it. Eh,
1: that's a great that's way to up. look at. I ain't thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like, great perspective.
0: Because, like, to be honest, like, there's still people that love Buster Rhymes. There's a reason why he showed up on Def Jam fight for New York. And he's a good fighter on there. Like, it's just... he, he, He's managed to kind of progress through these different decades and move differently over the time, and that's something that i could always respect around you know about buster like he was able to move from his tribe called quest days to kind of break off and find his sound in his own path um i do believe that like i do believe that this was like a solid album to kind of go through it wasn't anything that like was like yo this is like such a gem i would probably say it's something it's an essential like bust around album especially because it has tracks like what's it gonna be and uh give me some more but i do ag- agree with what you're saying amad about how like he wasn't he wasn't as experimental compared to his previous projects before that um but you can kind of see that now which which in, in, in many ways, Nicky is right about that. Like, you can kind of see now that he's able to kind of be more experimental just due to the work that he's been able to put in throughout the decades. Because remember, in the 2000s, not only was he in the game, I'm keep saying that shit, uh, he was still making music even though it wasn't as, it wasn't as, like, big at the time. He still had moments with, like, Touch It um, and oh, yeah. how he made a remake, you know, a remix of that. So, like, that had its own impact as well. He had look at me now. Um, Yes, he had that. Yeah, he had that verse on Look At Me Now. And that kind of flowed into the you know, to the 2010s. I think like recently they they uh like somebody's I I think it was like an anniversary from when the song dropped and when he did that legendary verse, but that's that's a legendary verse. Like I feel like this was just another album to kind of show his consistency, Mm -hmm. and like that's something that you're gonna get from Busta, whether it's Really good and, and and very unique, or something that is you know the same that he's been able to keep up with over the years.
4: Hmm.
1: I know we got to wrap up soon, but I want to ask one question: Is Busta Rhymes the East Coast Snoop Dog? To where they just reach icon status and now they just there? Like I'm I'm not listening to Snoop Dogg' Reader's release. But if they just race like they've been a superstar for thirty they they've been a star for thirty years. Like like your point about Jay-Z, right? Buster has not been at that level by cause by time ninety seven, ninety eight, that was right before um Hard Knock Life. Because once hard in our life here he wasn't doing like shows like that no more. So that had to be in my lifetime. So it was like 96, 97, which neither one was albums, they're crazy commercially. So Jay Z wasn't doing stuff. Busta has been had a hit record since when did Scenario come out? 89, mm. 90?
2: I don't know because I was um I was retro Young. on scenario. Yeah. I didn't catch scenario when it came out. I got mm. I got to college. And then that's when I had to go back and start looking at stuff that I wasn't exposed to because, you know, it had, oh,
1: yeah. it had to be right. 90, 89, 90, even though I wasn't born, but it had to be around that time. Um, and the fact that he had look at me now, 20 years later and it had a massive impact. It was one of the biggest songs of his career. Um, and then 10 years from now, he's putting out his next album and he's still doing stuff. Um, I don't know. I just think he's reached that level. Oh,
2: 91.
1: Wow. What? See? Boom.
2: I told you. I, um, Ooh, I was born
1: that year. Good yeah.
2: Look. That's a, that's me at 10 or 11. Wow. You yeah, know. Yeah, he, uh, uh,
1: like, really he had the oh, best verse. like, I was reading sorry They say he had the best verse of 91.
2: Yeah, that was in Scenario. Um, scenario mm-hmm. was definitely... It was released in early 92, recorded in 91.
4: Yeah.
2: And I mean, Scenario is one of those that I'm hoping I got the little Wii situation over here, and I'm praying that it's on that rap game. Because <laughs> I, cl- I will clean up, seriously. <laughs> I will totally clean up because this is all about, you know, are you hitting the sound? I got your sounds. <laughs>
4: here we go, yo. Here
2: now, we are lyrics we go. right? I don't so know. What's, what's, what's so so that's, what my, that's what my hype man does. You know, I got the whole Bo knows this and Bo knows that. part. I
1: love that song. What Bo you knows know? Jack.
2: Yeah. Bo can rap. Like, that was just such a cool ensemble group. Yes, it was. And um, that's why I was like, if you can name at least just two people from a tribe or uh, two people from uh, the Wu-Tang Clan, then, then we can have a conversation about hip-hop. And that's not that mm. hard to do. Mm. Mm.
1: Um, I think it's time to wrap up, Vance. Got anything else we should close up with? This was fun. Thank yeah, you, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah, fun.
2: Thank you, man. You like can come trip back, down you come. memory lane. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> we gotta, we gotta bring you on for a recent album next time.
2: Yeah. Whatever. Um, I mean, I'm still like listening through your um podcast and I'm enjoying it. But yeah, uh, I I seldom listen to anything top to bottom anymore.
1: I mm. know. Uh, yeah. That's the fun of this making you listen to a full album again. Yeah, and yeah. also choosing the album. Yeah, 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 that's the hardest part,
0: choosing the album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, do, like. do you have anything you want to plug? I know that you, you know, you out here hustling in this media game. You know mm. what I'm saying, Miss uh, Nikki?
2: Not really. I mean, I'm always working on a new project, so I, you can always see what I'm doing on at Nikki Mayo News, whether it's on social media, if it's want my website, same thing, Nikki Mayo and no, that's about it. I'm constantly doing things in this journal life that I live.
1: Man. so, so much fun me you know i hate social media so i don't plug nothing man i just like to come on here and talk to my friends man they me be totally honest with you listen i'm sorry about this <laughs> i'll put it on instagram i probably should i actually got my phone usage down to four hours in a day like yeah, four hours out out last week oh wow um and i would have been less but i left my phone i was watching west wing and i fell asleep and it messed me up. I did it on Friday night and it messed me up because I was down like three something. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not the best person. Follow Record Report Podcast. Tell somebody fucking don't know what we're talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, tell Vance that stuff because I'm not going to pay you no mind because I don't be on that
0: everything. You know what I'm I saying? I created a podcast and
1: stopped using social media. That's probably counterproductive, but what am I supposed to do? Yeah,
2: they kind of <laughs> work together just saying like you make a podcast how do you lead the audience to your podcast yeah typically no. it's a social media connection
1: vance is better than me at that he had a whole thing gone i'm trying, just,
0: man. I'm just, I'm
2: just why are you so anti that's a whole other show in itself
1: yeah um i don't know man i just uh it's a lot of reasons i just feel like it is con- it controls you i just feel like you know comparisons that beef of joy and i feel like a lot of times we um find ourselves depreciating what we have and appreciating things that we don't have and really the person who you are comparing yourself to isn't happy with what they have so it's like how do you find joy in your own herself and you know Facebook was connecting with old people and having fun and now it's turned into a um I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's like debate. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm fly and I'm happy and you should be happy. But if you're not happy, what's wrong with you? But then it's like, yo, are you really happy? Why you gotta tell everybody you happy? Mm-hmm. Just be, yeah. happy, be fucking happy.
2: Social yeah, media is for marketing for the most part. Um, it is. People yeah. need to remind themselves that it's mostly marketing.
1: I feel like everybody's a brand. as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like you talk to somebody and they be like, I'm a brand. I'm like, yo, I don't want to talk to a brand <laughs> I want to talk to you and you're like well i'm a brand now i'm like don't be a brand be the person who i met oh, no. so no. that's my thing no. but you know, i'm not gonna get on that's the whole different soapbox you're right
2: you're right yeah,
1: yeah. that's
2: well, like that's like the grinch I, I, i'm
1: the grinch of the internet man's been telling me i need to get my shit together <laughs> nah.
2: i found nah, effective I sort of ways too. to use it but again it goes down to like what is it what's the goal and um yeah. when people can i just, just want to make my image.
1: I just want to see whatever my homies is doing that's fun and cool. So whatever Vance is listening to, mm-hmm. what he got going on, share his stuff, read his stuff with everybody else. Um, See my, yeah. my god kids, stuff like that.
0: Go ahead, in. Vance.
1: Talk about your good news. Um,
0: all right. So I can't really say nothing about the second one, but I might have something. Uh, well, I, I know I'm doing something for um, Ice Cold, this DJ named Ice Cold. Uh, she's traveled everywhere. Like She originally was from India. She traveled all around the world, especially D.C. I'm doing that for Bandcamp. And then I can't necessarily tell you what I'm doing for the other thing because we're still working it out. But Let me cut one. this
1: off so you can tell me. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Peace. Thanks for
0: listening. Bye. bye. bye.